Hello and welcome to DFS Coach Talk. It is Monday, June 7th, 2021. I'm Andrew Hansen, alongside Joe Sarvati, affectionately known as Coach. And I see you in the all-black, Coach. Condolences to the Mavericks' loss. They put up a great fight, but couldn't quite get it done there in Game 7. Yeah, I mean, I might as well just, you know, get it out of the way right off the bat here. Definitely disappointing. Um, you know, how often do you win two games on the on the road in a series? And then t- it's tied up. And then you go and win game five in the series and you still can't close it out. So, you know, it was just it was super disappointing. Um, great experience for Luca. He obviously proved he's one of the best players in the league. Statistically, he just was incredible in this series. But it also showed, you know, some weaknesses with the Mavericks that they have to address uh, in the offseason. But to go down in seven like that is definitely a hard pill to swallow. Uh, hopefully, uh, Donnie Nelson and uh, the team there uh, make some moves. They they did announce this morning, Andrew, that Carlisle will be back again. There's no scuttlebutt with that. But they did say there was going to be some changes to the roster. And the buzz here in Dallas is Chris uh, Stapp's Porzingis very well may have played his last game in a Mavericks uh, uniform. So see how that all plays out. I know uh, Dirk went through two boxes of Kleenex back here. He was pretty torn up about it. But uh, hard one to lose. But, we, you know, I like the fact that Luka got to play in a game seven. He got to feel what that was like. You know, all the greats through the years, you know, uh, you see those and sometimes you win them, sometimes you lose them. Other than Jordan, he went, never lost them. But, um, yeah, it was a hard one. That's for sure. I'm I'm still a little bummed. Yeah, Luca was awesome and clutch. And you could see the optimism from him already talking about next year. And that's the great thing is he's so young. He's going to have a lot of these postseasons in front of him. And it will be right. fun to see what happens with the Mavericks roster. I've also heard some chatter on Twitter already about Porzingis, maybe even heading to Boston for Kemba. Wouldn't that be an interesting trade difference of, Jeez. of size, but Hey, you don't need Porzingis if you've got Boban, right? No. And you know, <laughs> it's just, you could tell just, we've talked about it for quite some time now, his body language, the whole scenario, you know, it just, it's just didn't work, you know, yeah, it, it has not worked unfortunately, but Luca, as your as your core, uh, it's going to be lots of exciting times ahead. So that, I mean, I Dawson was really bumming last night too, and I said, "Listen, look at it this way: we have a 22 year old superstar that's probably one of the five best players in the league. I'll take that and go yeah, from there." Exactly. You know exactly. <laughs> well, we've got two fun games tonight. Two game NBA slate. We are now down to the final eight, the elite eight of the NBA. And yeah. we've got Milwaukee-Brooklyn game two. We've got Denver-Phoenix with their first game. So why don't you get us started with the opener, Coach? Yeah, and, and sh- they should be great games tonight, too. I'm really looking forward to it. And you know me. I love it when it's two games rather than one. So, uh, you know, my eyes lit up last night. I've been looking at this all morning as well. But uh, this Bucks brooklyn series, uh, it's going to be a good one. There's no question. Uh, the first game that... Uh, you know, Brooklyn won. Milwaukee just could not drop it in the ocean. I haven't seen a team shoot that poorly from three uh, in a long time. They just couldn't get anything to go down. Uh, but it was still fairly competitive till the end. Um, and the Vegas line shows that. It's uh, 
Brooklyn only minus one and a half. And of course, a lot of that's affected with the Harden news too. And boy, was that a relief, man. To, we we 100% faded Harden, and then he goes down 43 seconds in. And that really led to some big wins for us. Yes. So we, you know, we say, we always point out when variance, you know, punches you in the gut and kills you. But when you get a gift like that, you got to also acknowledge that because exactly. it's, that's strictly variance. I, I think somebody put in our uh, Discord, uh, you know, great job, coach, doing the homework and anticipating something like this happening. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I just put up the laughing, you know, the, the chubby kid laughing emoji, like, you know, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, well, that's why it's a, it's a marathon, not a sprint. If you play right. DFS for three days, you might have bad variants two out of the three. But if you play it for 100, you're going to have those days that go in your favor as well. Exactly. It, it does really all even out. There's no question about it. You just got to ride it out. But that we were on the good side of the ride for that one for sure. But Harden's absence obviously has affected this line dramatically. You know, it probably would have been Brooklyn by about four and a half. Uh, you know, it was a good three point swing to the line. So, should be a very competitive game. Uh, it's a nice 234 and a half over under. So it's it's a full 14 points higher than the second game. So a lot of things I want to mention here. You know, I'm going to use this game pretty heavily for several reasons. Um, Milwaukee's defense struggled a little bit in times just because of uh, Brooklyn's great shooting and they had guy Brooklyn, you know, Mike James and Blake Griffin. They had the their best games of, you know, James the best game of his career and Brooklyn or I mean uh, Blake the best game by far that he's had with the Nets. So are those going to happen again is, you know, is the question, but you know, both of these teams can get up and down. We know Brooklyn's not been great defensively. They play at a high pace and score a lot of points. So I think this is going to be a highly uh, DFS points rich game, and I'm planning on you know really diving in. It's it makes it easier for us in the DFS world that one of the Brooklyn three superstars is out because it, at least you're not feeling like you're leaving multiple guys out that could break the slate. So you know looking directly at you know at this game that spread in the over under. A uh, couple of things I want to talk about in, in uh, this last uh, game one that they played against each other. Um, you know, we had the surprise start by P.J. Tucker, and he certainly uh, did a good a good job and uh, played 28 minutes. Uh, definitely was a surprise. You know, he had seven points, but I think he had five of those in like the first 30 seconds. So, again... You know, I think a lot of people will probably rush to Tucker because he's going to start again and he's so cheap. But man, buyer beware. I mean, I, I you know, he's an all fade for me. I, I know a lot of people will play him because it makes your lineup work, but I just don't trust him, man. He, he missed some wide open corner threes that are usually money in the bank for him. He was one for four for from three and three of those were wide open. So very concerned there, but he is going to gobble up some of those minutes. So uh, let's talk about, you know, obviously the main guys. Giannis becomes somewhat the Luca or Kawhi of today. I mean, very hard to fade him. Terrific first game, 34 points, 11 rebounds, only four assists, but he had a couple blocks and, you know, he's going to do his thing. Um, needs to make some more foul shots, but 
35 minutes, that's probably about what you're going to get from him. And that's, that is the only thing, Andrew, and I, I'm looking forward to get your opinion on this. You know, it's not an elimination game yet, and they don't normally play him much more than 35 minutes. And we got that extra punch with Luka and Kawhi getting 41, 43 minutes. And I'm telling you, that six, seven minutes makes, you know, a difference of being just at 5X or being 7 plus X, you know. So um, I would say, you know, we got to just dig into it a little bit more, talk it through. But he's certainly the top play on the slate and will be highly owned. But, you know, let's make that decision together on sort of is is that definitely the direction to go. We did see that uh, there was certainly a mismatch inside for Brooke Lopez. And, you know, I'm sure everybody's putting a big circle around that one because we know that Brooklyn likes to play small, Griffin played at, you know, uh, the center most of the game. They did bring Claxton in a little bit. But, you know, Lopez just looked like a man amongst boys at times. And he was 8 for 11 with 19 points. Uh, only five rebounds, which you would think you would have more against a smaller lineup. But I, he's definitely on my radar. I think his price is right. And I think, you know, there's a, an advantage to the taking uh, a lot of points in the paint rebounds from a smaller size Brooklyn team. Um, your man Middleton, man, six for 23. I mean, I think he's a great play today, and we need to strongly look at him and Holiday because here's the thing. They took 42 shots between those two guys, and they're that second tier slightly below the pricing of the Stars, and they both played 36 minutes, and they both did all the ancillary stuff. I mean, Middleton had 13 rebounds. Holiday had nine. I mean, they were in the middle of everything. They just couldn't get shots to to drop. But, uh, you know, just right off the bat for me, Middleton and Holiday are the first two guys I'm going to look directly at uh, on this team. And I, I, I've i got a feeling you're going to like these guys too. Yeah. Now as far – yeah. Now, let me jump as, in on Middleton. Yeah. Because the thing that jumped out the most from what you said is just that awful shooting percentage for the entire team in game Weird. one. And yeah. I think that the day off, the days off, the layoff leading in probably hurt them a little bit, a little bit rusty. Out of rhythm. Because yeah. they've been a tremendous shooting team all season. And yeah. Middleton, 6 for 23, that's the first place I'm looking for some regression in a positive way. I just don't see him shooting that poorly. I thought a, f a few of his yeah. three-pointers were just a little bit rushed for him. Wait a minute. Re regression in a positive way. Let me put my brain through that. <laughs> Positive Are regression. Are you trying to say progression? <laughs> <laughs> Positive regression, progress, uh, progressing in the right direction, uh, better than six for 23. How about that? Um, A lot. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, we've, it seems like every slate with Milwaukee, we talk about Giannis around 11,000. We talk about Middleton around 8,000. And it kind of shifts throughout the season based on the context of, what looks like the better matchup or, or the better selection if you're only going to go with one of those. And I wouldn't fault anybody for playing Giannis, but I'm looking a little bit more at Middleton. If I can only play one of them and only have one lineup, I'd rather make sure Middleton is in there. Um, I just think that he has to shoot better than that, and that price savings is, is huge. And then with the other starters that you've gone through, yeah, Lopez, I, I do like his matchup. Um, the way his price works out, he's not a lock for me, but he's playable. 
because right. I like some of the cheaper bigs. I like some of the more expensive bigs on this slate. Tucker, I'm not. I don't want to rush to play him, and I know he can have a dud, but you know that salary, those minutes, uh, it is hard for me to pass those up. Um, and then Drew Holiday, certainly playable, but uh, right now for me, if I can only have one, it would be Middleton over Holiday. You know, I, I like Middleton and Holiday, man. I really do. I, I just think the, the pace that Brooklyn plays at and the poor defense, I mean, these two guys, if they just think if they would have both shot 50% or even 40%, which they do often, uh, they would have blown up the slate. So, I mean, I'm I'm all over these two guys. And here's the other reason I love Drew Holiday so much. Losing DiVincenzo for the season, it basically eliminated the other backcourt position as far as really getting stuff done defensively, extra rebounds, extra assists, because they're just playing that other spot by committee. And even more falls in Holiday's hands. So, uh, yeah, I'm... I'm going to start my lineup with Middleton Holiday for sure. I love those guys in this matchup at this pace. And then let's briefly touch on that committee there that uh, really was unimpressive at, at best. You know, they they started uh, Tucker, and then, you know, when he came out, they went with that extra guard, and they used Forbes for 21 minutes and Connington from t- for 20, and they were both bad. I mean, they didn't make shots. They weren't really involved. Uh, not solid at all. So I have no faith there. Now, Forbes is going to shoot. His light's out. I mean, he he took five threes in about two and a half minutes. So if he's hot, he can be a nice GPP play for sure. Um, and then, you know, Jeff T grabbing 14 minutes, that sort of shocked me, but I wouldn't go there. Uh, I would assume your your lock play here is Thanasis onto Canupo. Hey, points per minute. How about a point, two rebounds, and two assists in four minutes. That's what I mean. Just He's like Boban, Junior Bobby, they call him. <laughs> yeah, there's nobody who belongs in the same sentence as Boban. <laughs> Was he a Other monster than Giannis. or what? Only Giannis. He, for a guy that hadn't played like in seven straight games, and then all of a sudden they dial him up as the starter. He's that dude's amazing. I mean, it just it's it's such a testament to his skill to to be able to stay ready like that with that body. It's nuts. I mean, that crazy. That's not easy. And he comes out and he he's got such skill and fluidity for a guy that size. Just awesome. He's unreal. So in 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 a wrap up with this Milwaukee side, you know, uh, the big question is is Giannis. You know, yeah. I mean, do you go Giannis and that's your main guy? Or or not. For me, I'm leaning towards, like I said multiple times here because I'm so high on them, I really like the Middleton-Holiday combo. I feel very strong. They'll both be, bounce back. And I think I want to use that that golden ticket money uh, in the, the second side of this matchup. Uh, so anything else on Milwaukee and we'll jump over to Brooklyn? Yeah, no, I'm not I'm not really interested in that bench very much. So let's let's look at Brooklyn. Are you going to pay up for Kyrie and KD? I'm not going to pay up for both, but I am going to pay up for one of them. And more than likely, uh, you know, I went over this game. I it was this was one I did a podcast alone. I or no, yep. did we do this one? No, yeah, this was Saturday, Saturday night alone. Yeah, yeah. And I talked a little bit about the matchups and trying to figure out who's going to guard who and how that would all work. And that all made sense, and it did show that there would be a gap for 43 for seconds. <laughs> yeah. 
for Irving to have a great game, but then all of that, yeah, blew up in 43 seconds because all the defensive assignments changed. So we have to reset that now and look at it again. So where is the defensive presence going to, you know, going to come here? I would assume that uh, Giannis is going to guard KD. Do you think that's the case? Because that wasn't the case uh, with the, the setup they had in the first game. And that's what I'm trying to determine. Is it because they want to keep Giannis out of foul trouble and fresh on the offensive side? But yeah. he's a defensive player of the year candidate. I would think you'd put him on KD, no? Yeah, I think it'll be a mixture of, of Giannis and Tucker. Okay. Yeah, because they it seems I'm thinking they're going to start Tucker on him because Tucker's an irritant and stuff. Yeah, but he's just too tall. I mean, he shoots right that, at the top. That's of the him. thing. I agree. I mean, you you see some of those uh, possessions where Tucker's right on him, but then yeah. if you they they set a pick for KD, free him up, and if he gets two or three feet, by the time Tucker recovers, he doesn't have the size. Like you said, KD no. just shoots right over him. So it's I mean, Tucker is a bull. There are few who are as good as him defensively, but that size is a real problem with KD. I agree. And that's going to be the biggest thing for me and what I'll be working on throughout the day, checking out all the coach speak, going through everything, because that's going to be the decision that I make. If I read and feel and, and see the situation and there's some coach speak or whatever, um, that it's going to be Tucker on Durant for a good portion then I'm going to go Durant. If if Giannis is going to play Durant, then I'm going to switch to Irving. So that's that's the big piece of news that I need to uh, go with because obviously these two guys are phenomenal with Harden out. You know where they've been splitting all that usage three ways. It goes down to you know 50-50 split basically. They're absorbing almost all of that. There is a smidgen of it that goes to Joe Harris, and he showed that being seven for eleven. Uh, from the field. So Harden going down <clears throat> not only benefited uh, Durant and, and Irving, it also benefited Joe. So, you know, that's my decision that I'll be working on all day. I think you have to have one of those two, especially for correlation with the guys from the first game, because I think this this game is key. You need to be up towards the top going into game two. Uh, and I think this game gets you there because those that are going to be go more heavy on game two I think you're going to have too much of a gap to fill uh, to catch up. So, uh, you know, for me, it's pretty simple here. You know, I I, I love, uh, you know, either Durant or Irving, depending on that decision. And then this, this is the billion-dollar question, and we used him as our thumbnail today. Mike James, man, you talk about an amazing story. I mean, if you've not read the backstory on this guy, he, he's been known – Internet-wise, and we, Dawson and I have talked about him for five, six years. He's He's been known worldwide as the best player in the world that's not in the NBA for a long time. He played in like five countries. He just tried making teams all over, just never could stick. But, uh, you know, this, the fact that he's been so solid for them off the bench and is unfazed by all the superstars around him, and then Harden goes down – and he steps in and plays 30 minutes, has 12 points, seven rebounds, three assists, uh, and guess what? No turnovers. You talk about a guy that stepped up, and he's cheap. So the million-dollar question, Andrew, and I'm going to pose it to you, 
is he just a free square for everybody or is he a tremendously smart fade on DraftKings, he is a free square for me 3300 i don't see why you would pass that up i would think he would get 30 minutes again you know took 11 shots even if his shooting percentage is a little bit lower he's so active that i think he'll pay that price tag off for sure fan duel is another question 4800 as a point guard he's right in that same price range as Compazzo, uh campaign so if you're in that price range i think it's a tougher decision um he's still playable for me on FanDuel. yeah but locked in on DraftKings. Yeah, I mean, I I could not agree more as far as, uh, you know, it's site-specific. And that's why we always tell our members, uh, you know, have some, you know, some dollars in in each account, you know, DraftKings and FanDuel specifically, and then um, also Yahoo. I mean, I I absolutely had the best weekend, uh, and thanks to all of our contributors and all of our group that we talked to in Discord but over the weekend, Friday and night, Saturday night especially, I just hammered it, had some decent wins yesterday. And a lot of it was on Yahoo, Andrew, because of those those really amazing prices that you can get. And so I'm with you 100%. Uh, he's a free square for me on DraftKings at 3300 And he's a free square for me on Yahoo at the minimum 10 bucks. So, you, you know, you just got to take that and hope people miss it. But on FanDuel, I'm with you. I'm not going to go there. There's... It's a different, you know, build there with more guys, and that price isn't that great. Plus, he takes up a spot of the two point guards that you want to use, and it's not like DraftKings and Yahoo, Yahoo, where you can get an extra guard in in the utility spot or whatever. So, uh, yeah, what that's one point, you know, for our listeners that we always talk to with our members. These are the kind of scenarios where. You know, even if you play, let's say, FanDuel uh, quite a bit more than DraftKings, it's good to have that and Yahoo in there because now today might be a day where you lessen your your play on FanDuel, pump it up a little bit because of the pricing on DraftKings and no, yeah, DraftKings and Yahoo. So just one thing I wanted to point out there, but um, but I'm with you. I, I think that 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 is is based on the site. Um, and then, you know, after that decision, it, it really becomes uh, pretty easy. You know, it's which big guy you're going to go with, and are there any secondary guys? For me, the only secondary guy is always Joe Harris. For me, he's you know I usually hit on him pretty good, but a lot of people get just murdered by him. <laughs> he's one of those guys that can bust for you in a heartbeat or boom for you. So 100% GPP play, maybe a cash play as well. Won't even waste your time talking about all these other guys. I don't think it's just wise at this point to go with a Brown, Shamit, Claxton. You know, I, I know those guys got minutes and their bench is a little shorter. You know, the only question that people will have, not those three, but it's Blake Griffin. You know, obviously, without question, there'll they'll be some regression in this game. I mean, he had a game of games, man. He was really good. Um, I, I just don't know. And I, I'm really excited to hear your opinion on this because I, there's nothing more than I that I despise is game chasing one great game because so many people do it in DFS. They'll see one great game that's like 
three times better statistically than he's done in the last 10 games, game by game. And all of a sudden, just boom, he's, you know, 50% owned because his price is good. And when everybody knows he's going to regress. Now, is he going to regress that much? Um, does some of that hardened stuff shift to him uh, usage-wise? I don't know, man. I My gut tells me initially here, Andrew, that I don't want to go back to Griffin. And that's from a guy that had Griffin and really, you know, got very fortunate to get a game like that. So, you know, I... I respect the effort that he gave and and he really helped me you know get after it here but i'm concerned he doesn't follow that up and be oh a huge lightning and thunder here good lord um and you know the fact that you look at leverage you know if he is going to be highly owned at that price and he does sort of bust man that gives you a nice jump on you know two-thirds of the field possibly yeah, I agree with everything you said about Blake, um, but I'm interested in playing him here just because his price hasn't gone up enough, and okay. I didn't like him earlier in the playoffs when he was playing 20 minutes a game, but he played 35 minutes. It's a different series, different matchup, and if he gets 32 to 35 minutes again, I think he's very playable at that price range because... Yes, I would expect some regression, but he had 46 fantasy points on DraftKings, and he's only he's only 4100 again. So if he if he only has half of that output, I mean, if he regresses back 50 percent and down to 23 fantasy points, that's still a six x return. It so, is, but if 65 percent of the field has him at that number, and you can find a guy to fit in that doubles up that number. You know what I mean? From a from a leverage standpoint, it's tempting. You can look at it both ways, but it, it makes sense, you know, in both directions. And we'll see. I mean, that's that's going to be a tough call. I mean, we all know that salary issues are very, very tough in the playoffs because you want all the best, best guys because the bench doesn't play and something's got to give. But we actually have some good value on this two-game slate, you know, with James and Griffin and some of these guys that, that uh, you know, so I don't know. I'm I'm out. The jury's out for me. Yeah. I mean, I, I agree. You look at the other guys and you have to decide, well, are the other guys in that price range, could they have a bigger game? Bobby Portis, uh, yeah. Jermichael Green, could they go 8 or 9x? I think it's a lot sure. less likely. It, um, it is, but they're going to be one-fifth owned. That's yeah. the thing. Yeah. You so know? it kind of depends on what contest you're playing, uh, how many lineups you're using. I think the... I think it's a little harder on FanDuel I've, where he's 5,100. It doesn't sound like much, right. but that extra thousand and f- power forward on FanDuel today is surprisingly pretty deep. I like a lot of the options there. So that's unusual because that's been a thin yeah, positionality exactly. lately. Exactly. Yeah. But on, on DraftKings, you can play him at power forward or center. He's a thousand cheaper. So uh, I like him a lot over there. Uh, more of a question mark for me on, on FanDuel. And then. Okay. For the rest of Brooklyn, I like Durant and Kyrie. Uh, I'm I'm leaning towards maybe playing both of them. Uh, we'll yeah, see. I don't how the, blame. Yep. And then on the bench, I think the only price tag I, I'm kind of interested in is Bruce Brown on DraftKings, where he's only 3,800 yeah. as a small forward. He's 59 on FanDuel. Wow. So that's the a, a price difference that jumps out at me. Bruce Brown is a guy that I don't love playing especially when he's coming off the bench but that's where i think you could consider him 
But yep. but yeah, I think uh, Shamit Claxton are a little bit risky with their minutes and usage. And and I'll also mention just because now I'm I'm Mr. Yahoo after this weekend, but I I've been playing it right along, but I'm I'm sort of high on Yahoo. Blake Griffin's only twelve dollars, and uh, Bruce Brown's eleven. So just to give you sort of the the barometer there with with those guys you mentioned, because twelve dollars is hard to run from too. I mean that's yep. that's cheap because right. you got guys like Giannis. To give you a perspective, Giannis is 55, Durant 48, you know, and you got a guy like Griffin that's going to play decent minutes at 12, and P.J. Tucker, the minimum at 10. You know, so guys like that, you know, you can go monster. In that scenario, you can build a lineup on Yahoo where you actually could have Giannis, Durant, and Irving. You realize that? That's what's, I like it. That's what's cool about Yahoo. It's, it's a different kind of situation. Well, Coach, before we get to Game 2, let's yes. invite folks to join us for these lineups tonight. We're going to uh, churn out two cash lineups, a GPP lineup on FanDuel. Those are full lineups that you can play, a full lineup on Yahoo for you, and then the core on DraftKings for a GPP build and for a cash build. So DFSCoachTalk.com, grab one of our memberships. We'll get you into our Discord with an email invitation, and we give out the lineups about 20 minutes before lock. We've got a nice three-day pass for 10 bucks if you want to try us out. We've got our playoff package available, only 111 It's a full two-month membership, nice discount, and you get access to all of our sports with either of those options. So jump in with us, get all of our basketball, baseball, and golf lineups. Football, of course, right around the corner. But DFSCoachTalk.com for the membership. If you have any questions, Twitter, DFSCoachTalk. Pretty easy, right, Coach? You know what? It's bring them aboard. We had a lot of new members come in the last three days, and just love having you know everybody jump in, chat it up, talk it through, check. You know, everybody finds different pieces of news, and all of that. So it goes great. By the way, if you're watching this on YouTube, this is our one big ask every podcast. Take just five, ten seconds. Hit the thumbs up. Hit the subscribe button. That those mean extreme amount to us. We're moving up to reach a goal there on YouTube, and then also click the little alert button up in the top corner there so you know when any of our podcasts post. And if you listen to audio uh, podcast-wise through all of Spotify, iTunes, uh, Podbean, Stitcher, iHeart, you know, we're everywhere, uh, take a couple seconds there, five-star and a quick comment. Uh, our man Joe Stanton goes through uh, once a month, and we pick a, a randomly pick a one week free membership for membership for Coach Talk. Easy for me to say. So please uh, take a second to do those. That is much appreciated. And speaking of Mr. Joe Stanton and the Denver Nuggets, you know our man Stanton. We're such a we have such a great team here at Coach Talk. Everybody's always chipping in information, and it really ha- helps us a ton when our local guys in all these markets, like Joe in Denver. They give us all the inside skinny that, you know, as we all know, we get more on our hometown team. So I'm going to turn it over uh, to you, Andrew, to share some of Joe's input and then break out this Denver Phoenix game, because as we know, this is game one. So these teams, you know, it's a reset. And here we go. Yeah, this is a reset and it is a much lower scoring output from my perspective so i agree that game two 
we need to be up in the standings here before we get to game two because I'm going to have majority of my money spent in that one. This game is a, a 220 and a half total. Phoenix favored by four and a half. And the history between these two teams is pretty interesting because you had a low-scoring first one, 106-103. The second game was the only high-scoring game in regulation. It was 114 all, but then it went to overtime. And then this, the third game was 98-98 after regulation, mm. but it went to double overtime. Wow. So all of the numbers here, if you look at the player averages in the series, are a little bit inflated because of those three overtimes total across the three games. The other thing is all of these games were played in January and the, the last two were on back or back-to-back nights. So these teams haven't played in uh, four and a half months, coach. They haven't played since mid-January. So that means Murray and Barton played those games? Yes, they did. Murray, Ooh. how about the, the, the last two games, those overtime games? Denver had four different starters than what we'll see tonight. Barton, oh, wow. Barton Murray, Harris, and Millsap were starting both of those games. So Crazy. the only matchup that's consistent is Jokic against Aiton, and that's where I want to start here because Jokic was solid. He averaged 25-13-8, and eight, 59 DraftKings points. But, you know, if you look at his price tag now, t- a 10-8 on both sides, you're looking at like 5X if he does the same thing. And remember, there, there were some overtimes mixed in. So I'm a little hesitant to, to pay up for Jokic here. I like Aiton on the other side. He averaged 22 and 12 in this series, 42 DraftKings points, and at you know just over 7,000 on both sides. If if the numbers stay true, he's looking at more like a six x return. And he's coming off a great series against the Lakers, a lot of confidence, high shooting percentage, just like he had against Denver. And this is one of the things Joe Stanton picked up on us as, right. as our Denver guy, how Aiton loves to play against Jokic. And Jokic hasn't had his ceiling games. Um, you know, Joe's talked about how Aiton really can keep Jokic out of the paint more than other centers, force him into a perimeter game. Maybe he'll t- be taking more three-pointers. Um, so let's start there, Coach. Uh, how do you feel about the idea of looking more at Aiton than Jokic here to start in game one? I agree with everything you just said. And, and you know, uh, Joe pointing out some of those things are, are really key. It, it's funny because through the years as a coach and, and then as a fan, you know, it, when you're looking at a matchup and your team that has your heart is involved, whether it's team you're coaching or rooting for, you're, you're always the first thing that comes to your mind when you're looking at the opponent is, who am I afraid can beat me? You know, that's like you want to focus in on like – this whole last series, I just, as I said, and that's why I owned him and had him as my captain most of the time, I just didn't think the Mavs could stop Kawhi. And the guy was an absolute maniac. If you look at what he shot in that series, it was like 75, 80%. It was I'm mean, something un, unworldly. And, you know, I think with Joe bringing that up with Aiden and then, you know, your great background check on that too, it just seems like financially building a, a lineup and then, you know, statistically that Aiton is a better play than the Joker. And that might be very, you know, a big statement to make. But with everything considered, I'm with you, man. I, I think that that's the way to go. Now, I will say that I am not an Aiton whisperer by any stretch. And so it makes me nervous because when I seem to play him, 
He doesn't do as well when I don't play him. You know, we all have a few players like that, that that happens. But everything, you know, your research, what I've looked into, and then what Joe has given us from the inside skinny there, I, I think Aiton's a great play. Excellent. Another big matchup here is Michael Porter Jr. likely getting defended by Bridges. And Bridges, Joe was all over Michael Porter Jr. at the end of that Portland series. He timed it perfectly with Porter Jr. getting more aggressive, and then he came out absolutely firing at the yeah. end of that series, playing very well. But he's pulling back a little bit because of that defense from Bridges, which I think is smart. I'm not on Michael Porter Jr. here to start at that price tag. I mean, over 7,000, I, I go Middleton 10 times out of 10, you know, knowing that. Porter Jr. could outscore him, but uh, today I'm going to ride with Middleton over Porter Jr. And yeah. then uh, the guard matchup, I want to zero in on one of the guard matchups, which is Monte Morris and Cameron Payne. Why that matchup? Why am I not talking about Chris Paul? Well, we know that Monte Morris is still coming off the bench. Payne's been getting good minutes. And so I think they will be out there together a bunch. And that's what we saw in the regular season in their traditional backup roles. They faced off against each other for big minutes. And Monte Morris was excellent. Campaign struggled. That was not a good matchup for him. He just wasn't productive uh, coming off a, a down shooting game. So, uh, you know, without price considered, I, I prefer Morris over Payne. He is a lot more expensive on FanDuel now, Coach. 6700 for Monte Morris. That's ridiculous. So what, what are your thoughts there? I, I think he's playable, but it's tough to stomach that price tag. Well, you know, the broken record here that I, I always say this every day, you know, I wince when I see split minutes. And I, I just, it screams to me that Composo and Morris split minutes down the middle. And if one's hotter than the other, they may get a few extra minutes. But I just, they're not cheap enough anymore, like you said, to take a risk on them. I'm probably not going to go either spot there. And then campaign, you know, it's... Paul and Booker, you know, if Paul is okay, which he seems like he's okay, then it is harder to play pain. Uh, I'm, I'm really looking at my, not playing any of those guys, and and I, either Morris or Composo or Payne, at least one of them were in most of my lineups in these last series. But I don't like the split and the matchups in this series as well as I did prior. Yeah, I'm not as interested in those guys as last series, just like you. Rivers is a guy that I want to talk about because, you know, throughout that series, we talked about his volatility. He had that huge game. Then he had a couple duds. Like the last game, he plays 40 minutes. He only takes six shots. So he's spending a lot of time and energy defending Lillard. What does he do in this series if he's if he's guarding Booker? You know, the thing that I think I like is I think he'll get big minutes again. I think he'll be out there guarding Booker and get, 36 minutes plus if he could just get in a little more involved offensively maybe you know pick up a couple steals and and pile up some fantasy points quickly there i think he's playable 4000 on DraftKings for sure 4900 tougher on on FanDuel but uh i do like him i think he'll be out there for big minutes what do you think yeah i like Austin Rivers i you know the reason i like him is i know he doesn't do much offensively sometimes but that's not because he's afraid to take the big shot. I mean, in a tie game with seconds remaining, he wants that shot. You can see it. He'll pull up. He'll take it. You know, he's fearless. So I think it's just a matter of getting more opportunity. And I agree with you. I think that 
a big key to this series is how well he's going to defend Booker. And therefore, he's going to have to be on the court a lot. And I love his price. on. I, I'll take him on all three at that price. He's $12 on Yahoo. And, you know, the prices on DraftKings and FanDuel uh, help things work. And, you know, if you're going to give me a guy that plays 35 to 38 minutes, which he could, um, you know, I'll take my chances that he's going to get some rebounds, a couple steals, you know, maybe 10 points. You know, he's not going to break the slate, in my opinion, but he's a value guy that has a fairly decent floor, in my opinion, even though he's, you know, up and down offensively sometimes. So he's certainly in play for me, and I feel more comfortable with his minutes than the other guards we just discussed. So that's a big, you know, part of it as well. Okay. One more thought on Denver for me is I, I do like Jermichael Green as another option. Again, he's at that crowded power four position on FanDuel. He's pretty cheap on DraftKings. I like him over Millsap. Uh, Gordon is in that power forward spot. Yeah. So let's let's just hit some of these power forwards on FanDuel. You've got Giannis if you want to pay up. But then in that mid-tier, you've got Gordon at 58, Blake Griffin 51, Crowder on the other side 55, Jermichael yeah. Green 42. So a lot of, lot of options there. Um, will Gordon potentially get a look for you from you? You know, he may, I, I, I think I saw in the last two games of this last series, he actually looked a little bit like the Aaron Gordon that we've seen in the past, a little more aggressive, a little more confident, a little less hesitant. Uh, cause you know, once that trade went down, uh, he just for a long stretch there, I, I don't know what a long stretch is, maybe 15 games or whatever it was. He just looked out of sorts, didn't really know where he fit in there. You know, it just looked odd. And, you know, he did very poorly, burned a lot of people in DFS. His price continued to go down. But it just looked like the light may have come on a little bit towards the end of this last series. And, you know, I think he approaches this uh, series with more confidence. His price is really decent. So, I, you know, un- until he proves me different, he's going to make a lot of my lineups. Okay. On the other side, we've talked about Aiton. Uh, Booker, we've got we to gotta look at him. I mean, 47 points in the last game. He played 46 minutes. Talk about a ton of confidence for a young guy in his first playoff run coming yeah. in here against Denver, which is the, you know, the, the, certainly the down team defensively in this matchup, and they don't have their best wing defenders in right. uh, guys like uh, Barton and Dozier, who's still out. So... It's a pretty solid matchup. I mean, Rivers will be pesky and, and tough, uh, so I don't think it'll be easy sledding for Booker, and his price has gone up. So playable also for me. Not a lock at that price, but playable. He's, I mean, he's my favorite son, certainly other than Aiton. Um, and I think in most lineups, those will be the two main guys I look at. Uh, and it won't be these mid-tier guys like Bridges and Crowder, who I think are playable. They're fine prices, but... Again, the pace in this game, you've got 26 and 26. These teams are really slow. They and are. That first game, Milwaukee, Brooklyn, they're really fast. So I just don't like, I don't want to get too much exposure from this game. So although I've been on Crowder a lot lately, uh, this, is, this is not my first choice here. So I'm looking at more Aiton and Booker. And then I'm not really looking at this Phoenix bench either. I'm with you, man. I, you know, the... As far as this game and the depth of this game, I may only have two guys, you know, uh, out of this game that I'm going to 
uh, roster. And, you know, six guys probably out of that first game, very, very possibly. But the one guy that I do like on either side of the ball in this game is Booker. I I know Rivers is decent defensively. They're going to really throw a lot at him. But, you know, the presence of having Chris Paul on the floor with him has been so good for his game because you can't just not play, uh, you know, Paul. I mean, you got to guard him because he'll shoot it. He certainly creates a ton of stuff for Booker. And I think that's been a big plus for him. I mean, if you look at the the litany of point guards that Phoenix has gone through just since Booker's there, uh, it's it's rough. I mean, like he's played alongside JaVale Carter or whatever for a bunch of the seasons before last. (laughs) Javon Carter. So, you know, stuff like that. So I think that all helps Booker. And he's just such a clutch player. I mean, he's one of my favorite shooters in the league. And that's the only pay-up guy that I'm going to grab from this game, unless you consider Aiton a pay-up, which he is, I guess. Uh, Those are the two guys uh, that I'm most interested in. Um, And just got to make sure that I can make the salary work. And some of that will have to do with what we determined out of that first game with some of that news we talked about. But, uh, you know, Booker is definitely my target. And, you know, I feel personally – and this may be a long stretch with with the Joker and these guys in there. I still think Booker could be the highest scoring player uh, from this game DFS wise. Yeah, he's he's got the upside. I mean, he went over seventy fantasy points against the Lakers, another slow team that plays yeah. better defense than Denver. So um, it, it's certainly possible, and it's going to be fun to watch how he responds and uh, takes on this matchup with Chris Paul not quite at 100%. Right. uh, Well, we seem to have a lot of overlap here. I'm looking forward to finishing these lineups today for our members. Jump in with us again, dfscoachtalk.com. If you'd like to join us, we'll be back again tomorrow for some more Hoops Talk. Coach, any final thoughts? Let's just crush it. Let's keep that momentum we've got here in the family here at Coach Talk that we built up a bunch of our folks – with some takedowns, so shout out to all those guys and and gals, and uh, look forward to just keeping it going this week. Nice two games slate to start the week, and both games should be a, a blast to watch too. Beautiful. Well, thank you for tuning in, everybody. On behalf of the coach and the rest of the DFS Coach Talk team, I'm Andrew Hansen. We'll see you tomorrow as we look to crush it in DFS.